Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. And today our guest is Crow Wing County Administrator Tim Houle. Tim, first of all, welcome back to Community Focus. Thank you for having me back. Exciting day today. The day after the election, let's talk a little bit about some of the results that you do have at this point. Uh, a lot of folks are curious uh, as to the turnout. I don't know if you have those yet, but let's talk election. What what are some of the interesting things that you found out? Well, I'm a numbers person by training, and so this is like, a you know, I can geek out on these numbers pretty easily. Um, what I do think is, uh, overall, what we saw in Crow Wing County was a very stable election. Uh, I don't think there were any real big upsets, um, and the results that I'm seeing uh, would have been on our state and federal races pretty consistent with what I would have expected to see. Our voter turnout, we don't have the specific figures right now, uh, still calculating those statistics, uh, and they will change a little bit because we still have some ballots that can come in, and we can talk about that if you wish. Um, but that voter turnout, I can tell you just anecdotally, based on the numbers that I saw here at the historic courthouse voting, there's probably about 4,000 votes that were cast here. Um, about two-thirds of the votes that were cast were cast early. Um, that's a really different thing. And it is in part because there were a number of precincts that be, just because of COVID decided to be a mail ballot precinct just this election. So we'll see those stats drop, I would expect, in the next election. But it is kind of a watershed, isn't it, for um, a new way for Minnesota to vote. Uh, and certainly because of COVID, lots of folks were taking advantage of those options this year. It makes one wonder if we might see some of these changes become the new way of doing things. I mean, uh, doing things, that's what I was speculating, because I think when it comes to voting, uh, the convenience factor was there. And let's face it, Americans love that. Yes, Indeed, indeed. I do, too. Um, I did early voting this year, um, and it was very convenient, very easy. So I do think, Ken, that we're going to see that stay, and that law changed for the 2018 election. So we didn't see that high of a rate, and obviously COVID is driving some of that. Obviously, COVID is driving some precincts to choose mail balloting. Um, But mail balloting is something that's been around for a long time. There are some states in the union that only do mail balloting. Um, And so... um, It's just a shift. It's a change that we saw in this election that stands out. There's not a ton of other things that really stand out. Um, The Crow Wing County results for president, uh, 63% for President Trump, 34% for Vice President Biden. Um, That's probably not surprising to a lot of folks. Uh, We returned our state senator, Kerry Rood, with 67% of the vote. We returned our representative, Heinzman, with 64% of the vote. And we are returning our representative, Lewick, with 69% of the vote. Those were pretty commanding leads for the incumbents. Uh, At the Crow Wing County level, we'll be returning incumbent Commissioner Paul Coring with 86% of the vote. And uh, District 5 Commissioner Doug Hogue with just under 50% of the vote, but he had two, one candidate running against him and a write-in candidate, so uh, it is less than 50% of the vote. That's a little bit different. We have about 44,000 registered voters in Crow Wing County, and so I would expect we're going to see some high turnout there. You know, one of the things I actually went to the polls yesterday and, you know, in line at the Breezy Point uh, City Hall, and what I was happy to see is people were in line to register as new voters in that area. And, you know, I was on about the third or fourth green, you know, 
X on the floor back. And they kept, do you have to register? Yep, I have to register. Do you have to register? Yes. And then they got to me and I was already registered. So I, I went around, but it was just nice to see people registering to vote. I, I hadn't seen that a lot in the past. And I think that's part of what will drive up our voter turnout rates. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there were pretty high levels of voter registration on election day throughout the county. A lot of first time voters, many who hadn't voted at least once in the last four years and had to register. Um, so I do think that there was a lot of interest in the campaigns this year. Oh, uh, yes. <laughs> I don't know that I think the, the needle moved much from 2018 or 2016, um, but there was a lot of interest. Uh, and so that's always a good thing when we see higher voter turnout rates. We're always pleased about that. Um, people exercising their civic duty. So that's mm -hmm. a cool thing. We're happy about that. And Minnesota has always been one of the leaders in turnout when it comes to voting. So it looks like that trend continued. I hope so. Um, but I think that interest, Ken, is probably national. Uh, and so it'll be interesting to see if other states drove up their voter turnout rates further than Minnesota did. Um, and that remains to be seen. That'll be one of those curiosity statistics that geeks like me pay attention to for <laughs> Well, well, Tim, you know, we talk about all these changes. They were all driven by COVID. And yes. uh, the numbers there in the county and across the country are not good, are they? No. Thankfully, what we are seeing is that the recovery rates from COVID are uh, better than they were early on in the pandemic. And so what that tells me is we are seeing some therapeutics that are uh, being developed that are helpful as it relates to COVID. Any death is one too many deaths. Uh, so we've seen 22 deaths in Crow Wing County so far. As of yesterday, we had nearly 1,400 cases. And it's the rate of the change in cases that we're monitoring very closely. So we pay attention to what's the average number of new cases each day over the course of the past two weeks per 10,000 residents. And it allows us to do comparisons of other jurisdictions. And to give you some standard of reference, Back on August, the week, the two weeks ending August 23rd, the Crow Wing County rate was at 7.67 average new cases per day. Uh, as recently as the two weeks ending October 31st, we're looking at a minimum of 62.8 new cases a day. And based on the current stats since then, I expect that rate to go higher. That causes disruption, a great deal of disruption. We've seen it in our own shop uh, where we... Uh, have had to restrict public entry to the building in order to get kind of a reset, if you will, keep people physically separated. We don't close we don't close our business, but we restrict public entry. And so it changes our service delivery to virtual. We're seeing the Pequot Lakes and Brainerd school systems shifting learning models as a result of staffing concerns and their ability to muster an effective workplace or workforce. Uh, middle and high school students at Brainerd Public Schools, they're going to begin distance learning this Thursday, uh, tomorrow. Pequot Lake School is closed this Thursday and Friday uh, for the learning model shift. That's going to start on Monday the 9th. We're seeing businesses that are struggling to keep open. At any given point in time, I could go around the community and we can find businesses that are closed because of the exposures. And so I really want to focus your listeners' attention on the disruption, the disruption that this is causing economically, uh, for good learning outcomes for the kids in our community. Uh, and as I've said before, how we fare is going to be a reflection of our collective effort. It's not going to be visitors and folks from outside. We're seeing these numbers climb as those folks are leaving Crow Wing County. 
And so I, I do think that it's going to be incumbent on the community, wear your face mask, wash your hands, socially distance. We all know the drill. Uh, and what I can tell you is so far, and these numbers can change pretty rapidly, but Crow Wing County is doing better than, you know, there's three of our surrounding counties that have uh, twice as high a uh, new case rate as Crow Wing does. Wow. So it can be worse. Um, it's bad enough. Uh, and so collective effort here is what's going to be required to try to mitigate these disruptions in our community. Mm-hmm. It's interesting as you go back, like you talked about, to uh, September and where those numbers are, are, were at the time and where we are now. I think every one of us uh, back then, uh, it was rare to find someone who knew someone who had COVID. Now we all know someone who has COVID, whether <laughs> it's a close circle of friends or neighbors or coworkers. Mm-hmm. It's all happening around us, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, it is an insidious uh, disease because it does not consistently produce the same set of symptoms for every person. Right. That's a little unusual. If any most, symptoms. Most diseases will produce a consistent set of symptoms and some symptoms. Uh, and so COVID is insidious in that regard. People can unknowingly be carrying it. Uh, I don't think people are uh, intentionally infecting anybody, but because of its the way it presents, uh, now, on the other side, I think, Ken, it's fair to say we also all know someone who had quite a struggle with COVID. Uh, nice. I can think of one case of uh, somebody that I know. Uh, they're on about their sixth week of struggling with COVID. Uh, I don't think it's going to, uh, it, you know, it's not going to do them in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I don't know how many of your listeners want to be sick for six weeks. Uh, I don't. Exactly. Uh as we mentioned, it's happened at our office. I went through a test here this Monday, and the lines were long to get tested. And let's talk about testing in the county, Tim. There are a number of options now, are there not? Yeah, and uh, Essentia just recently moved its COVID testing location. So they moved from their Baxter location, and they're now open at, at the Kingwood Street location, 303 Kingwood Street in Brainerd. Testing is still taking place at the Cuyuna Regional Medical Center in Crosby, and I believe at Lakewood Health Systems uh, between Staples and Long Prairie. There is also a saliva testing option that's free to Crow Wing and Aiken County residents. The Minnesota Department of Health launched this pilot for free COVID testing at home. Uh, you can order a saliva test online. It's going to get shipped to your home along with a prepaid package to return it. Uh, currently, the pilot program is only available to residents in 24 Minnesota counties. Uh, Aiken and Crow Wing are among them. This is going to be statewide at a later date. I did this process. Just, they wanted some guinea pigs uh, to see how it would work. And so I did this. Uh, and I would tell you, it was about a five-day turnaround. It was, I thought, pretty slick. Uh, came in the mail the next day after I ordered it. Uh, I had to do a video conferencing with a physician's assistant to monitor the test collection. Sent it in. Within a day or two, I had my results. Interesting. There's a lot of different options that are available for testing. Okay. Tim, as we uh, head for the weekend, uh, of course, a big one when it comes to traditions in Minnesota, and that is the firearm. Yeah, (laughs) the deer hunting opener. (laughs) I think that's a holiday opening in Minnesota, a deer hunting opener, and certainly it is in Crow Wing County. Uh, We do want to remind your listeners of that there was a positive case of chronic wasting disease, a highly infectious disease in the um, natural, what they call cervid population, which is elk, deer, uh, and the like. And it creates defective proteins in that particular host 
those proteins don't degrade very easily. And so if the animal had um, chronic wasting disease and the carcass is disposed of on the landscape, those proteins sit there waiting for the next deer to come along. Uh, and so we're trying to say, don't dispose of your deer carcasses on the landscape. Don't dispose of them uh, in your garbage. Bring them to the landfill or one of the DNR locations. Uh, we'll accept them at the landfill when we're open on Saturday, uh, but we'll accept them at the landfill free of charge. So this is another infectious disease where we're trying to contain the spread of it. Knock on wood, so far there were no positive cases of chronic wasting disease in all the deer that were harvested here last year. Good. So, so far, that's working. Um, and I'd like that to continue. I think it's a big deal for us around here. And, you know, we can also do our part there as property owners. Uh, who doesn't like to see the deer come in the backyard? And I know that's kind of pretty, but we really have to remind ourselves again, don't put out any food piles because this is a good way to transfer CWD from animal to animal. They're, they're not going to wear a mask. Uh, they're not going <laughs> to wash their hands. Or the uh, so we only got one tool in the toolbox, which is socially distancing them. Uh, and so feeding congregates the animals. And so the DNR is advising, Crow County is advising that you not feed the deer. As tempting as that is, they will survive and figure this out. The weak may not, but the strong will survive. It's mother nature at its best. So I know that folks like to do that and it's, coming from a really good place, usually trying to help um, in this particular case, right where we're at right now, that could hurt. Okay. All right. Tim, as we uh, get uh, further into this fourth quarter, of course, uh, the county board working on the budget, uh, bring us up to speed on the process there. Right now, the board certified a preliminary levy increase of 4.97%. We saw a couple of cost drivers uh, on that. Um, we are certainly seeing the loss of revenue from the Department of Corrections, about a million dollar loss of revenue. We used to rent out jail beds to mm -hmm. inmates of the state uh, to help to alleviate overcrowding in the state prison system. That was a source of revenue for us. That revenue has dried up as the state has not been sending inmates out of the prison system. Mm -hmm. And they're trying to do their own quarantining kinds of things, right? Um, and so that was about a million dollar hit for us. Uh, and in addition to that, um, we had other challenges with uh, out-of-home placement and rising meth rates. We also had a 27th pay period this uh, coming up this next year. If you're paid every two weeks, uh, once every so often, you have 27 pay periods instead of 26. And that hits our budget. So um, those two things, 4.97 is a little bit higher than I would have cared to see it. Um, but given everything that's happening with COVID and the challenges on county government right now, I, I was also pretty pleased to see it only at 4.97%. Wow. And as we've explained before, when they set that preliminary, uh, it cannot go any higher than that uh, here on out, but it could go lower. Yes. And we did receive some federal CARES Act dollars that did help us to offset some of those increases. Uh, that's but the great. Board the board made a choice. Uh, we received about $8 million in federal CARES Act dollars, and we probably got about a, close to another million from the area cities and towns who they drew down their CARES Act dollars but couldn't spend them. Those then, they reverted them to the county. So we had uh, about a $5 million pool, plus we dedicated another $1.5 So probably about $6.5 of the $9 million we had 
went out the door into our community in the form of either expansion of broadband or economic assistance grants to area nonprofits and for-profit businesses to help to keep them afloat. I say that because it is different than what some other counties have done who retained many more of those resources to offset their own expenses. To give you some standard of reference, right now what we're <clears throat> expecting is we probably have incurred about $10 million in total costs. So we could have consumed the entire $8 million ourselves. Um, right. The board decided, no, nope, that's not the right thing to do. Right now we got to help those folks who are hurting most. Well, another way we can help is to continue to shop local as we head for this holiday season and help support those local businesses. Absolutely, Ken. And that's really important in our community, especially this time of year when we know it's a more challenging time of year for some of our area businesses. And so what they experienced back in March and April, uh, they if they survived through that, then the summer was decent. But those two months of the lack of revenue could show up in January uh, as you know, that's when it sort of tips someone over. Uh, and we're really just trying to target those resources to those most in need to prevent that from happening to the extent we can. Very good. Tim, anything else we should know uh, that's going on right now? You know, I'm sure there's probably something, Ken, but I don't have it in front of me. <laughs> very, very. Well, we'll have to catch up with you then next month. <laughs> you know, next month, uh, we'll do that again. Very good. Tim, always a pleasure to have you on the show to talk about what's happening in our county. You stay safe and we'll talk again next month. Yeah, you guys too. And I'm hoping you're out of quarantine soon. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. Thanks, Tim. All right. Have a great day. Crowing County Commissioner or Crowing County Administrator Tim Houle, our guest today. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor. That is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found on our website at 1067wjjy.com. You can also find them through our free downloadable app, and that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.